This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, what a beautiful day. I know. I picked a better day. There was barely any wind. And not a huge number of dogs here playing. That actually occurred to me once we decided it was like, oh, this is a dog walking spot. Yeah, the perfect number is two. Because we want a couple to reference, but we don't want them like humping our yeah, legs. Exactly. <laughs> it is Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Even for them. I've been reporting, by the way. That may end up in the podcast. So. Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to our Total SF Valentine's Day episode. And I have to start by asking, do you see San Francisco as a romantic city? I do. Um, I know a lot of people complain that it's hard to meet people here, but I think it's such a beautiful city with so much to do, so many places to explore. I think it's very romantic. I met my husband in London, and when he visited San Francisco, he was sold that this was a spot to be. Yeah, it didn't quite go that way for me. Um, My first San Francisco memories were going to the San Francisco Zoo and Steinhardt Aquarium on school field trips and eating really bad bologna sandwiches with American cheese. Wow. Yeah, yeah, not good. And then I got older and then kind of associated the city as the place I went to try and go score weed um, (laughs) on 8th Street or near Golden Gate Park. Um, Again, not very romantic, but then kind of like our paths aligned. And um, I moved back to San Francisco in my late 20s and started uh, dating my wife, Kelly. And it was just, you know, one place after the other that just felt like a whirlwind Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan style romance. Oh, did you win her over with all your lawn bowling? I don't think I took her, even though we're going to talk a lot about bowling in this episode. I don't think we went bowling once. I remember some nice Italian restaurants, movies and Giants games where I always brought uh, gloves so that her hands would stay warm. That's my memory, at least. She may, she may have something <laughs> a little less romantic. I'm going to text her later and see if, if that stands up. Yeah. Well, um, whenever we do a draft about love, we love including our co-host, Tony Bravo. He joined us for the best places to get married, the best places for a first date. And he's back to talk about the most romantic spots in San Francisco for our Valentine's episode. And very fittingly, we met at the Cupid's Bow on the Embarcadero, which is, you know, very spot on for Valentine's Day. There's no nuance with that choice. But we had a great time. It was a gorgeous day. And we had one of our drafts, only a little bit of fighting. Yeah, a little bit of fighting, not a lot. Um, I thought it was a gorgeous day too. I I came early to scout out a good spot and I had to find places that like didn't have poop. (laughs) And there there were, I had to pick the most romantic spot of all the spots by Cupid's bow, but it was very nice. And Tony is so great to have on episodes like these because he's funny, but also has really good ideas that I don't think of. Yes, he's so much more cultured than us. I think we would never talk about the opera or the ballet without Tony. Well, excited about this episode. Let's jump right into it. It's a draft. You're going to get a lot of ideas from this. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight. Not scoring weed in the hate anymore because it's legal now. And this is Total SF. Thank you very much. 
Welcome to our Total SF Most Romantic Places in San Francisco episode. Heather Knight and Tony Bravo. And what romantic San Francisco adjacent music should be playing in the background right now as we're talking? Well, obviously it should be I Left My Heart in San Francisco, the Tony Bennett version. I'm not aware of any others, quite frankly, because we are sitting underneath Cupid's Span, one of my all-time favorite pieces of public art in San Francisco. Yeah, when we said we would talk for Valentine's Day, we did not go with a nuanced, subtle location. No, we subtleties for other obvious. cities, excuse me. <laughs> we are literally right under Cupid's bow. On this beautiful day in the city, we can see the bay, the ferry building, the sun is shining. It is very lovely. I, what do you know about Cupid's span. I. It seems like it came from out of nowhere. Well, I do know like everything in the city. It was very controversial and people fought over it because this is San Francisco, but I've always really liked it. I love it. I think it's a great pop art obvious <laughs> reference. I mean, it is a reference to leaving your heart in San Francisco. In this case, to uh, Cupid left the tool of his trade, the bow and arrow here. I love it. I just think it's, um, it's by Klaus Oldenburg and Kuzi von Bruhen. Uh, it was installed in 2002, my senior year of high school. And I remember it making a very strong impression on me before I went back east for school and kind of daydreaming about it when I was off in the cold winters of Vermont. Yeah, well, I mean, it is such a lovely thing. I don't know who had a problem with it. We're going to have to go back and look <laughs> that up. You can find, dig around in the archives. There's always people that don't like pop art. It's too literal. They don't understand it. It's like, oh, come on. It's it, This is not a big mystery. <laughs> I bet even Quentin Cop likes Cupid's oh. Span right now. He did send me a letter saying he wants to get lunch so I could ask him. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I'm liking this spot. I was worried about it. We have a little bit of Bay Bridge traffic. We just heard the ferry building chimes, which I think is a lovely addition yeah. to the podcast. What's more romantic than bells? <laughs> yeah. And we're here, we each have four romantic spots in San Francisco. This is draft style, so arguments could pop up, although that seems against what we're doing here Well, today. Tony and I decided we would leave lawn bowling and all forms of bowling <laughs> for you. That's probably your one, two, three, and four, so no fighting with us over that. Really all lawn sports in general. Like, this includes Twister, we've decided, slip and slide. Uh, we're not touching them. They're yours, Peter. I think you're making fun of me, but um, I also... But you're also flattered, right? I'm also a little bit flattered, and I can't really argue because, um, honestly, probably two-thirds of the first <laughs> dates in my life involved some kind of bowling, lawn bowling, miniature golf. Um, and Kelly still married yeah, you. Yeah, 20 years, 20-ish. It's one of the great miracles of life. <laughs> uh, so we're each going to pick San Francisco city limits. What are the rules here, Heather? City limits, um, we didn't discuss price points. I have a mixture of free and cost some money. Um, again, not magical realism. You have to be able to do it. And we can't do something that only we could do, like climb to the very top of the Transamerica Pyramid. It has to be available to the public. I am offended that you do not want magical realism in here. I was hoping for like an Isabel Allende, you know, <laughs> uh, magical realist adventure through the streets of San Francisco, but fine, Heather. Well, you could tack it on to the end. That could be the Easter egg. Okay, that can be the Easter egg. Good. Well, Heather, I think you're going first. I always pick something from Golden Gate Park for these drafts of ours, and today is no exception. I'm going with boating on Stowe Lake. I did not realize until I did a five minutes of research before this podcast that Stowe Lake is 130 years old this year. Did you know that? 
Um, it does not look a day over 129, <laughs> though. I think it's just one of the most gorgeous romantic settings in the city. You can rent a rowboat or a pedal boat and go under that lovely stone bridge, see the waterfall, strawberry hill, birds, turtles, sunning on logs. It feels like another world and another century. I think it's a great escape from the urbanness feeling of San Francisco. And if you want to afterwards, you can go to the boathouse for a beer or a glass of wine and cement the love that began to form on the boat. Good one, I I like this pick, Tony. I like this pick. Whenever anyone mentions anything nautical transit related, though, I go to this very, like, Shelley Winters, uh, Jack and Rose and the Titanic kind of mindset. Um, I'm assuming both people in this in this state can swim. Mm, I've never seen anybody fall in. Okay. Have you? No, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm sort of the field trip mom of the dates. I'm always worried about, <laughs> about public safety. <laughs> I like that. I mean, are there life preservers as part of this? Little kids have to wear life preservers, but okay. we're just talking about two adults okay. out on a boat. Well, I would feel more comfortable if both of these adults were wearing life preservers, but I'm going to I'm gonna give it a yes for the draft. <laughs> how, about, how about if they're red life preservers? Oh, with hearts. That'll be, yeah, with hearts on. I mean, but like, at the end of the date, don't you want to recreate the moment in Titanic on the door? <laughs> no. And one of you falls and just still like, never to be seen again? There was room on that door for both of them. <laughs> um... Good one. All right. Great start, Heather. I knew you were going to pick that, so I didn't even have it on my list, so you did not block me. By the way, there's a fantastic tour on voice map of Golden Gate Park. Ooh, hmm, I, do tell. I don't remember who the hosts are, but <laughs> fantastic. That's, of course, Peter and Heather's tour on the voice map app. Yes. Uh, and Tony's tour is on of the... And Tony's tour of the Castro District is on the same voice map app. You should really check these out if you have How weird would it be if on your date, you're like, oh, by the way, listen to me <laughs> as you oh, walk through the park. That was going to be my item. Was I was going to say, go on our tours. What could be ro- more romantic than hearing us talk? <laughs> While you're on your date, you want to hear Peter and Heather talking about a 90-year-old fish. That's... <laughs> All right, Tony, you're up. All right, so mine is a little bit of, a, of an evening. It's a bit of a journey. I love the lanterns in Chinatown mm-hmm. on Grant Avenue. Walking down Grant's at night feels like I'm in an Orson Welles movie. I'm in, uh, I, I'm not in this century. I feel like you just absorb so much of the ambiance and the romance of the city. Uh, and it is a huge tourist destination for a reason. It's, it's beautiful. My suggestion is taking a stroll through Chinatown on Grant, maybe stopping in at one of the great bars or restaurants there. I think your ultimate destination, though, should be the poetry room on the second floor of City Lights at the end of uh, Grant there where it meets Columbus. What could be more romantic than reading some lovely poetry, perhaps some sonnets, perhaps some more experimental beat poetry about love and sex and the human experience to your date? Now, you want to make sure that they're into poetry. Otherwise, this is going to be really creepy. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's so quintessentially San Francisco. You get a little bit of the, uh, our natural beauty, our, our landscape, our architecture, and then the height of our culture, I think. You stole a third of mine. I stole a third of yours. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I was going to go to City Lights Bookstore to the poetry section, too, but that wasn't my only. I'll kind okay. of revise my itinerary. Well, you know, you could always go downstairs to the, uh, I think the sexuality and gender studies are in the basement. <laughs> well, great pick. Um, 
I did not pick that one. I was thinking of Chinatown. My number one is Fort Point. I love this spot. We've seen it in movies, very good movies. It's in Vertigo, it's in Dark Passage. Little, little shows up for just a second in Last Black Man in San Francisco. Isn't it in So I Married an Axe Murderer? I think like that's from like, a distance? Like from a distance. I, I think it's in pretty much every movie close up from a distance. You go down there, the thing I love about it is you suddenly get like the pure sights and smells and sounds of San Francisco, a foghorn, you smell the salty air, you don't smell anything else. It's like, for me, it feels like time travel and it's such a historic spot. 1700s, it was a battery for the Spanish and then became a key military post for the United States. I don't know if you know, it was actually like 90 feet up and they trimmed it down to 15 feet to build their battery in the 1800s because that way the cannonballs would skip across the water mm -hmm. and hit whatever um, wow. ships are coming in, Golden Gate. And then the Golden Gate Bridge was built, and then you've got, you're right underneath it there. It's this kind of just mystical spot. I love Four Point. I will say there's no more spectacular a view up inside the bridge than the one you get from Four Point. Uh, we did a fashion shoot there about a decade ago for style, and being able to look up into like the innards of the bridge was really magical. It's also a great spot to watch hardcore surfers. But Peter, what are you going to be rolling on the ground while you're at Four Point? <laughs> Uh, cannonballs. Okay. I think they have some on display <laughs> there. They do have some cannonballs yeah, on display. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find some kind of game out of that. So, uh, four point. Nice. nice. I thought about it, but didn't put it on my list. Well, I think that's an automatic yes. I think we've, we have to draft four point in. Yeah. Well, Heather, number two for Okay, you. so this is my revised itinerary that you stole a part of. Um, I'm gonna, I was going to say North Beach in general. I think that's just such a romantic um, neighborhood. And... Also in my five minutes of research, I realized that Dear San Francisco, the show at Club Fugazi, which has been off on break for several weeks, is back on the day this podcast airs, February 10th. We saw that with our spouses several months ago, Peter. It was awesome. It's a great show with acrobats, um, music, some comedy, very, very San Francisco themed, one-of-a-kind show. It'll be back, and then afterwards, I was going to swing by City Lights for the poetry, but you stole that, Tony, and I'm very upset about it. What about going to Vesuvio's for some absence? That's what it was going to be. Ah. So it was going to be City Lights and then Vesuvio for the upper balcony, have a drink, some quiet conversation, great views of the city, um, and have your nightcap. Well, great pick. Did she steal yours, Tony? Um, no, I mean, I think we've been kind of sharing the North Beach beat yeah. a little bit here. There's so much to do there. I would also recommend, if you want to splurge, uh, Tosca. Great historic bar that's now a restaurant. Beautiful interior. Um, you can still probably smell all of the, the cigarettes that Jack Nicholson and Jenna Rollins and all those great actors probably smoked there in the 70s. And right up until Jeanette sold it, I bet, in the mid-2000s. What's your, what's your favorite Tosca memory? Uh, celebrity interview there or celebrity sighting? I never actually got to do a celebrity interview there. Um, like sort of the last of those days when Jeanette Etheridge still owned and operated it was before I was at the paper. I would go there a lot in my 20s though before I was at the paper and you would see people. I remember seeing this kind of handsome gruff looking guy with a mustache at the bar and thinking gosh he's awfully familiar and it was uh, Clive Owen in town doing the Ernest Hemingway mm -hmm. movie. <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I, I see it. He looks very Hemingway-esque with the uh, mustache and the giant drink in front of him. I went in there once to interview Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez for, I think the film was The Way, and um, I walked in, Martin Sheen walks in and goes, the last time I was here, I got thrown out of this bar, (laughs) and then proceeds to tell the story because he was doing like some kind of sound voiceover work for Apocalypse Now, and was drinking at the time and got thrown out, and Emilio Estevez was so pissed because he was the director of the movie. And he's like, Dad, stop it, because he wanted to talk about the movie that was coming out. And oh, I'm sure I love he's that. just I'm sure he's just imagining me writing about an entire story about Martin Sheen getting kicked <laughs> out of the bar. I'm thrilled yeah. to know that celebrities are as embarrassed by their parents as everyone else is when you hear your parents have some cool story that you weren't a part of. Yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, my number two selection actually also involves a little bit more of a journey again. I love Fort Mason. I love walking around the water there, especially. Uh, As the sun is setting, you get some really spectacular views of the sun setting through the bridge, the way the light reflects off the water around Alcatraz. So I suggest doing a little bit of a promenade, a stroll, an amble, if you were, around the water there, and then maybe stopping in at Greens or at Interval for a meal, for a drink. And also, there's a new free exhibition at the Guardhouse at the front of Fort Mason. It's currently featuring artist Keisha Lucas's photographs and a sort of epic botanical wallpaper. Uh, you can just look inside the Guardhouse. It is available 24 hours a day to see for free. Cool, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think the Fort Mason is... Um, I love seeing it get activated for things like the Fog Fair, uh, for some of the different art events that happen down there during the year. I think it's one of those just 365-day-a-year, the beautiful attractions that we have in San Francisco. Yeah. And you mentioned a great bar, the Interval at Long Now. I, I need to get back there. It's uh, kind of built in this sort of steampunk style with clock parts and very mechanical and a maker space it's it's really uh, and they have great drinks too it's great to go there after maybe seeing a show at the camera works which is right next door and uh having a drink talking about the art you've just seen go over to uh the haynes gallery just across the way there in fort mason check out whatever show's going on i think you can make it kind of an art going slash uh you know water adjacent date i don't i think our coastline is so beautiful being on the water here. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just enough? And if you're going to patronize a small business, I would suggest flax for your art supply needs. Absolutely. Great. Well, great pick. I have a uh, bar, not Tosca, the Zamzam Bar in Haight-Ashbury District, mm-hmm. which is a kind of Persian art deco bar that popped up in the 1940s. Um, beautiful mural in the background that depicts a, a scene of two lovers and um, and then a bar that surrounds it. They kind of 
just made it kind of like a tiki bar where you can't see outside and it's a little bit of a time warp coming in. And throughout those years that it's all been there since the 1940s, it has not changed. I mean, the it preceded the summer of love by, I think, about 25 years. And there's stories of the owners when the people from the summer of love coming in, they're like, nope, out. This is our, you know, romantic Persian art deco bar. They've kept it that way. Three owners, the most recent owner took over from the family that opened it, but he had lived upstairs and had a long association with the bar. And I love the hate just walking around on a date. Um, if you're you know, with your husband or wife and you wanna go, you can go into Golden Gate Park, you can go up to Buena Vista, um, just a really lovely place. So, Zam Zam. I love that bar, I haven't been in a long time, so it reminds me I wanna get back. I had no idea it was that old. Yeah, 1942, I think, wow. was when it opened and was open with the same themes. It was the Zamzam bar. It's named after, I think, a, it's a holy spot in Saudi Arabia, and, and it's been the same since. It's one of my favorite bars in San Francisco. Uh, there is still a photo behind the bar, last time I went there, of like the original Cheers gang. Like You see sort of all the regulars that have been coming there since the 40s. I, I love also that they have totally kept all of the historic details, all the great art deco, um, the, the sort of overhang on the bar, the real cave-like feeling the whole space has. Um, it, it is a landmark as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, very romantic bar. Not as romantic as the tugboat right behind. <laughs> if anybody can hear that, it's very loud. A boat's being tugged under the Bay Bridge. Yeah, but it's moving um, at about two miles per hour, so it should be <laughs> gone before the end of the episode. Let's go straight to number three, okay. Heather. Well, I mostly picked this for the name. Um, Lover's Lane in the Presidio. It is the oldest footpath in the Presidio. It connects Presidio Gate and Main Post through a eucalyptus forest. You can check out an art installation by Andy Goldsworthy called Woodline, which is felled tree trunks arranged in a zigzag path that you can walk along. And then you cross a footbridge from 1885. Um, you could extend your walk by visiting Inspiration Point nearby or the Lion Street steps just outside the Presidio. So I just love walking around the Presidio. And what could be more romantic than a place called Lover's Lane? All right, it is both ballet and symphony season right now. So this is gonna be a little bit more on the higher end where you would have to spend some money to do this, but I wanna point out there are tickets that can be had for under $50 at both the ballet and the symphony. I think a date night going to see a performing art is a wonderful romantic evening. It's a great way of getting to kind of escape outside of yourself. You never struggle for things to talk about because you can just talk about the incredible symphony you just heard or the beautiful story ballet or the new works that you just saw. Also those are two incredibly romantic buildings. I think the Opera House is one of the most gorgeous buildings in San Francisco. We are so lucky to have it and all these world class organizations here that utilize it. And Davies Symphony Hall. I know a little controversial with some people, but I love that hidden loge bar. But really, I mean, being swept away by Debussy or Shostakovich or Tchaikovsky, I mean, I'm already kind of getting wistful thinking about it. Of course, my husband is a musician, so that might be part of it. You make us sound so much smarter on Total SF, Tony. Oh, I don't need to make either of you sound smarter. <laughs> Get me in City Hall one We're day. Like, I'm sure I would. Let's go lawn bowling and go for a walk. <laughs> okay, that was your third 
lawn bowling reference. <laughs> I'll, so. I'll have a few more. Okay. Okay, but if you call it bochi, it just sounds that much more sophisticated. <laughs> I right? love that selection, and I got a one of the small packages several shows to the ballet this season, so I'm very excited. There is some great stuff. Uh, I know we're going to see Giselle again. There's some new works. Uh, it's a beautiful art form. I think a ballet-themed Total SF in 2023 is is in our future. Yeah. Good one. Um, well, my third is I wanted a view. I wanted a view that you could hike to. Twin Peaks and Land's End, um, not very romantic to have a smash and grab robbery during your view. You could bike up. McLaren Park, I love the views out there, but I think like a big blue water tower. <laughs> if they painted a heart on it or something, it might make it. I'm picking Mount Davidson. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's transit accessible, so you can you don't have to drive up. 36 Terracita. Wander up there, people walking their dogs, minding their own business. It's not too touristy. And I think it's just absolutely bar none the most spectacular view on that side of the city. I like Bayview Park a little bit more for seeing north and south and everything, but Mount Davidson, I think it's the best view. So I'm taking Mount Davidson. I like it. It's um, less crowded, way fewer smash and grabs. So there is something like about choice. not being the victim of a robbery. It's very <laughs> romantic. <laughs> All right, well, Heather, you're number four. I was worried you were about to steal one because you mentioned Land's End, but you didn't. I thought about Mount Davidson, but um, we each chose something different from each other. I um, picked Land's End adjacent Mile Rock Beach. Such a beautiful spot. Did I steal yours, Tony? You have no, a look of shock. No, no, I love that location. Okay. I'm, I'm actually mad at myself for not thinking of it. Yeah. Um, I discovered this place during the pandemic. I'd never been there before. And then when the only thing you could do was go for walks, I found it with my kids. Um, It's about a mile-long trail to the beach. And then just gorgeous views of the bay, the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, There's an on-and-off-again labyrinth. I don't know if it's there right now. It tends to get destroyed and then rebuilt. But if it's not there, we should do a total SF labyrinth day, Um, reconstruct it. And um, when tide's low, you can kind of explore the coastline. There's some shipwrecks nearby you can see. Um, It's just totally removed from the rest of the city and just stunning, stunning views. Yeah, it's totally hidden now that I think about it in some places. It's, like, very romantic and just sort of the most, like, base definition of romance. Like, you could really have a moment out there. Yeah. I mean, a PG moment, obviously. (laughs) We're not endorsing anything that shouldn't happen in public. It's not the Folsom Street Fair kids. That's for Baker Beach, right? Yeah, that's for Baker Beach. All right, well, I'm glad that neither one of you so far have taken this one from me because it's Golden Gate Park. I love the Queen Wilhelmina windmill. I think the whole garden around it. The And actually, I love the number of tourists that are there. They're all in a great mood if things are in bloom. The windmill itself is quite stunning. There's something that's so old-fashioned and quaint about the idea of a windmill at the edge of a bustling urban city. I don't know. It's anachronistic and wonderful, and I I think it's very sweet. I love when the tulips are in bloom there, and I think we should do a Secrets of the Windmill episode. If there's, Do you think there's enough to say? Are there a lot of secrets about the windmill? I, I hope so. I don't know nearly enough about it. I want to know if it's still a proper mill, if people are taking their grains there <laughs> to get ground, if there's like Queen Wilhelmina bread that's a result of this milling of the grains that may or may not be happening there. 
I, I actually don't know enough about the history of it. Peter, I feel like you might actually be able have to film it. Have you found anything in. digging around in the archives? Uh, I do like to dig around in the archive, Heather, but I have not found anything about the Queen Wilhelmina uh, windmill. So maybe that's a future column. I feel like it was a gift from Holland. I mean, I might just be making that up, but it sounds right. It that seems like right. you've created a whole story, so I'm going to be sad if it's wrong. Is it called the Queen Wilhelmina windmill? <laughs> Is there a windmill in Golden Gate Park? Am I remembering this correctly? Uh, love the pick. And it goes really well as a one-two with my final pick, which is Presidio Bowl. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, they have a patio now, so after you bowl, you can get a drink. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, that, that's, that lack of sound was just me recovering from my shock that Peter chose a, uh, a uh, bowling venue. No, I didn't. I'm surprised you left it for last. I, 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 I didn't really pick a bowling venue. I actually wish I could go back in time to our recording of the best places to get married episode on Total SF when I picked the moon viewing garden and I would save that for the most romantic spots because that would be my pick. At the Botanical Gardens. At the Botanical Gardens, thank you. Um, But I don't want to double up and now my Botanical Garden membership allows me to get in all three garden spots, the Conservatory of Flowers and my pick, the Japanese Tea Garden which I think is just an absolutely lovely spot. I went there as like a seven-year-old, and I think I recognized then, like, yeah, I should take a date here once I care about that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So many places to roam around. It has a wonderful history. It's always beautiful. I mean, year-round, it's spectacular. I just love that spot. And you can actually get tea there, too. Yeah. More bells. More bells. I think we should do a Secrets of the Japanese Tea Garden episode. I'm sure there's a lot of history to discover there. Those bridges alone, I think, are such spectacular constructions. Yeah. And I have a few honorable mentions. Listeners might think that I'd been kidnapped and, like, someone else was standing in for me if I didn't mention the F car and the cable car. Very romantic to ride on those. Um, Go to Top of the Mark for a drink and beautiful views of the city, especially at sunset. You can also get great views of the city at sunset from the top of the Ferris wheel in Golden Gate Park. So those were my honorable mentions. I would say my honorable mentions include uh, going to the Palace Hotel to the Pied Piper Bar, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, Also, the uh, garden court there, spectacular. The stained glass is really beautiful. It's just worth uh, taking a look at. Also, it was where I was crowned prom queen. Whoa. Um, I love that you also chose uh, Knob Hill on the top of the mark. I think there's so many great options up there. Uh, Not least of all, Huntington Park, which I think is spectacular at sunset especially. I also love Mr. Tipple's Lounge over in Civic Center. It's a great little hole-in-the-wall jazz club that's been there forever. Mm. Um, they, they have great music and great drinks. So what I've more could you ask there. for? I've never been there. Will you take me, Tony? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to do a Mr. Tipple's theme episode and a Zam Zam theme episode. <laughs> We're just going to be drinking a lot. Yeah, I'm sure we can expense that. Right, Emilio? <laughs> <laughs> well... I had a few bookstores written down. I think like Folio and Noe Valley and Bookshop West Portal. Um, these kind of smaller bookstores that are scattered around. Burden Beckett's another mm-hmm. great one in Glen, Glen Park. I just, passed, too. I just passed by Burden Beckett yesterday and they, I thought of you because they have a big disco ball in the window. 
Oh, nice. Um, okay, so that's my number one now. <laughs> I just think like the smaller bookstores. I love City Lights and I love Green Apple, but those kind of little neighborhood bookstores I think are really romantic. So. I feel like that speaks well of all of us, that we all think bookstores are romantic. I mean, it means we're attracted to smart people. Yes. <laughs> well, great episode. I think we did well. Um, I think the environment behaved well. We had a tugboat and we had some... Um, ferry building bells, a skateboarder, but that's just the sounds of San Francisco. Yeah, and we we didn't know until today that tugging a boat is like the loudest sound there is. Well, I hope all of our listeners have a very happy Valentine's Day. Tell us your most romantic spots on Twitter, Instagram, and have a lovely day. Yeah, and if you don't have a lovely Valentine's Day, it is not our fault. We gave you 12 <laughs> really good suggestions here. Do not cry to us if you don't plan ahead. And you can always go to Presidio Bowl. Oh, all right. We're closing with that. Thank you, Tony and Heather. Uh, I'm feeling much more romantic. And let's get some selfies under the Cupid span. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a Digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.